0: Welcome back to the Styling Lap, where we give you an insight into the world of motorcycle racing. Now, guys, we are back for our first episode of 2024. I cannot believe that we are sat here already talking about the new season. So, at the time of recording, it is the 1st of February. We've had a few bits of bike action so far actually as we're speaking this Pang shakedown test is happening um, and obviously we've had some w- World Superbikes um, testing etc etc so we thought this would be a good time to sit down and talk about who we should look out for in the 2024 season so myself and Harvey are back to Tell you everything you need to know, basically, about this upcoming season. Most of the seats have been filled. Everything seems to be falling into place. Um, The only thing we're actually not too sure of at the minute, at the time of recording this, is, is where Glenn Irwin is going to be racing in British Superbikes. Or is he making the move to Motor America? But we'll get on to that a little bit later in the episode. Firstly, Harvey, we're back. Back for twenty twenty four. What are you what are you expecting for this year? In general, just
1: fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> Completely. I think they'll rip up the scripts, we'll get some surprises in. Maybe it might be business usual. Um yeah. and by that I mean Mark Marquez winning. Everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. That seems fair enough. I would um yeah, I would agree with that statement, I think. I think things are going to be spicy, spicy this year.
1: Hopefully. <laughs> if we get another repeat of BSB, then it would definitely yeah. be, yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll be going well. But yeah, I just wanted to take this time before we jump in to our picks for this year to sort of let you guys know about the Sailing Lapse plans for 2024. So again, by the time this episode comes out, you'll have seen on our social media that we are shaking things up a little bit this year. We've had a change in graphics, a change of um, look as well over our social medias. And the podcast is also going to get a little bit of a shake up for the new up and coming season. Now, Harvey and I are still going to be here. So fear not. You get to listen to us every week. But we will try our best to bring in new guests, new exciting content and we want to talk about more racing. In years past, we have focused mostly on MotoGP, but this year we were sitting chatting about what we wanted to talk about on the podcast, and we couldn't go past both world superbikes, British superbikes, and of course, road racing. We want to try and expand as much as we physically can <laughs> into as many different motorsport categories. We are just such big fans of motorbike racing. It's even in our slogan where we give you an insight into the world of motorcycle racing. So we thought best to dive in to more categories and talk about more exciting racing. So with that being said, we're going to give you um, our picks for 2024, but I think we will start with MotoGP, just because the test is happening at the minute and it is very, very exciting with lots of different manufacturer moves this year. Obviously, Marc Marquez on a Ducati. You've got Frankie Morbidelli also moving to a Ducati. Luca Marini going to Repsol Honda. I mean, it's sort of all to play for in MotoGP this year. It's going to be really, really exciting. But Harvey, if you had to pick one, who should people look out for in MotoGP this year coming?
1: You've already mentioned him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Frankie.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I think after two pretty crap years on the factory, Yamaha, you know, he's a former runner-up in the championship, former winner. He needs to win. Uh, not just win, but he just needs to perform. I think now that he's on the Ducati, a factory spec Ducati as well, It's given him probably his best chance since 2020. And I think that he has to go out and perform.
0: Yeah, I would really, really agree with that one. I think moving in to be teammates with Jorge Martín is massive, considering Martín was so close to winning the championship last year. We know that bike and that team can do it. So... I think it's a massive step to go from the Yamaha to go from basically the back of the grid to now the front of the grid. I'd say expectations are pretty high for Frankie Morbidelli this year, but he has had a bit of a crash already this season. They were um, doing a little bit of testing in Portimao um, with some of the World Superbike ones, and I know he has had a bit of a crash. I'm not sure if he's going to be at the Sepang um, shakedown test or what's going on, but is this maybe the start of something this year or will this hinder him a little bit this year
1: um from what i've heard and what i've seen nothing's too bad um there's been pictures of him from hospital that he's taken so i mean he must be in all right spirits i think he's probably just a bit banged up and bruised but i think by the time that qatar comes around he'll be right as rain. yeah fair
0: enough Yeah, that's a good one. So Frankie Morbidelli is on Harvey's watch list for this year. Um, On the opposite end, I think the guy taking Frankie Morbidelli's seat is someone who we should watch out for this year. I have picked Alex Rins on the Yamaha. I think he is who you should look out for in 2024. I think moving from Suzuki, obviously, you know, them leaving the championship is the only reason why Alex Rins isn't on a Suzuki anymore Then moving to LCR Honda, obviously having a bit of a struggle season in 2023, although still taking the win in America. You know, he still had some pretty high moments in 2023 too. I think moving back to the inline four is going to be nothing but good for Alex Rins. I am really, really excited. He's had a lot of time off, obviously, over the winter to sort of rest, heal up. He's had a lot of injuries last year, but... I think he's coming into this year pretty much 100% fit. New team, new bike. I think he's going to go out there and smash it. And I definitely think that he's someone that you should keep your eyes on. Albeit Yamaha have fixed some of their problems, but one can dream.
1: Yeah, I heard a lot of people, obviously with a debate last year with um, Vinales and Miller, who would be the first rider to take wins on three different manufacturers. I think it could be Alex Renz.
0: I would actually put money on that it would be Alex Rins. Yeah. I, I,
1: I think the inline four will really work for him. I think that because Suzuki had something that was going really well, um, he can bring that to Yamaha. And who knows? He could get... I'm not saying that Coast was a lucky win, but you know what I mean? It was against the grain a little bit. I think that Alex Rins, he knows how to win those ones.
0: Yeah, he definitely, definitely does. It's going to be so exciting. I mean... Like we haven't even mentioned the likes of Mark Marquez or anything like that yet. I suppose we have to sort of throw his name in there because the signs are all pointing towards positive so far that he is going to be up there at the the pointy end of the championship this year.
1: Yeah, but this wouldn't make a good podcast if we just said the obvious. <laughs> I think um I I think we all know that Mark is gonna you know, it's Mark Marquez on the best bike. It. He he might sweep up.
0: Yeah, he might. I feel like a like a little kid on the night before Christmas. I'm like so giddy towards the thought of seeing him on a Ducati in 2024.
1: <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Like I, I I think I'm almost drooling at the mouth just thinking about it right now. Like, hmm. it's it's Mark Marquez on a Ducati
0: yeah some said it would never happen, but
1: I think yeah i was I was having to think about it the other day I mean to you know what he's been through and the fact that he's kind of you know he would get he would give up everything just to win again, and I think that he's so close now if he doesn't this year, then I'll be thoroughly disappointed,
0: yeah, definitely, and I suppose. Again, mentioning the guy who's taking his seat, uh, Luca Marini, moving to Honda. Again, all signs are pointing um, towards things going quite well so far. I don't know if that's just because it's still a very new partnership and, you know, sort of you have to say that things are going okay at the start. You can't exactly walk in and go, "Mm, this bike's a bit crap. Luca Marini seems to be gelling with the Honda team so far. Is he someone that we can expect to see moving up the grid this year, or are Honda still going to be where they were last year?
1: Luca's a slow burner. Mm-hmm. He really, really needs time. But once he once he gets the time, once he really gets settled in, I think that they'll be unstoppable. Um, I really think that he's got that. He might not be the fastest but he's got this certain brain that Honda really need right now. He's got that thought process. He's got the the input. I think that that's what Honda really, really need at the moment.
0: Yeah, I, I could um, agree with that massively. Um, Obviously, we have moves then from the likes of Johan Zarco, who's going to LCR Honda. I'm intrigued on how that one's going to go. And we have Digia going to the VR46 team which again he's staying on the same Ducati that he was on last year so that can only mean good things I imagine and he seems to be gelling with the team already you know the team um, livery announcement you know they look to him and Bez seem to get on well together so you know I, th- I think that could go well so he's obviously a name we, we need to throw in there there's so many Bastianini being fully fit after a pretty crap season last year the new track house Aprilia satellite team they look really good and i don't know if that's just because the livery looks really good but we'll have to see that's a really exciting one i think as a team they're definitely ones that you should look out for this year i don't yeah. think you miss them with that big american flag on the side of their bike, though but
1: what i was gonna say as well miguel has got a factory spec yes. so i'd say he'd be one of the strongest aprilia riders Maybe...
0: The strongest?
1: The strongest, yeah. I was about to say outside bet, but he might mm. beat the two factory boys.
0: I, uh, I'd put money on it.
1: I would too. He's an incredible <laughs> rider, just hasn't had a lucky break.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's pretty fair to say, but now we've pretty much mentioned everyone on the grid, I think we will leave it at that. But yes, just to recap we think the people that you should look out for this year are none other than Frankie Morbidelli and Alex Renz in MotoGP. So moving on to the next championship, obviously, is World Superbikes. Now, we have a lot of different factory moves in this series as well. And this series is actually kicking off, I think by the time this episode is out, World Superbikes is starting next week at the end of February. So it's going to be exciting cannot wait to see the bikes at Phillip Island one of our favorite race circuits but the person I think that you should look out for in World Superbikes in 2024 is Sam Lowes now Sam has obviously moved from Moto2 staying with the Mark VDS team he's moving to a Ducati ride um, just a single bike team him and the Mark VDS guys uh, bringing some of his team members over from Moto 2 as far as I can sort of pick up. I think this is going to be a really, really good partnership. Back in the paddock with his brother Alex as well, I think that's going to bring out some competition in the two of them. It's been a long time since we've seen the two of them share a track. So not only have you got the fact that you're now moving championships and you're going to want to prove yourself, the fact that he's racing against his brother too, I think this is going to bring out some really exciting racing and world super bikes always is exciting but I think now throughout the whole field which we do still see but I think throughout the whole field we're gonna get more battles that more people want to get involved in and watch not just maybe the, the usual front three so yeah I think Sam Lewis is one one to watch and the bike is stunning by the way if people haven't seen it yet it's really really nice
1: yeah I was gonna say um he's been incredible in testing so far um obviously testing's testing it doesn't translate to race but he's got the pace you know for someone who hasn't been on a a big bike in in so many years that's huge and i think that he can only go from strength to strength mark vds has a lot of experience in in just in racing in general and i think that this super bright project can really really work I think that going to Superbike with the same team has almost helped him in the fact that he knows his environment, there's no real there's no real settling in period, I suppose, with the bike, yes, but with the team he's already in. So I'd hope that maybe best independent already.
0: Yeah, we did sort of talk about this before we started recording. And do you know what? I actually really, really agree with that one. And I don't want it to sound like just British bias coming through because that's totally not what it is. But I just, yeah, he's someone that I really like in Modo 2 and it's never, it's never clicked enough, obviously, for him to win a championship. He's been so close in the past and I think this could be a good way to get a factory seat to maybe get himself into a, a bigger team you know you never know what could happen um, with his career in World Superbikes and I think he's still got quite a few years of racing left in him or else he wouldn't have made the move Um, so yeah I want to see him do well and I think that this year is the year to do it I don't want to put too much pressure on with the fact that it's his first year but yeah I can't help but feel excited for
1: him yeah and especially well again we've seen very limited so far but from what we have seen it's very good so i'm hoping i'm 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 just hoping that translates over
0: yeah i hope our predictions don't age really badly well they're not predictions it's just who we think we should look out for but i hope they don't age really badly
1: (laughs) yeah i feel like i'm dropping quite a few like big ones here
0: Oh, who have you gone for then? Who should um people look out for in World I World? feel like
1: this is a fair bit more boring, but I was gonna go for Nicolo Bulliger. Um, I just think that he's been so, so fast in testing. He's really, really gelled with the V four. Um obviously being in um super sport for two years, um, on that V two for and he was so so dominant last year. I just think that he's got an amazing opportunity, and he's got an incredible teammate. If he beats him, wow. sky's the limit.
0: what an upset that would be if Bouliga comes out and beats. Bateson. I think
1: I, I think that's what I'm praying for. To be honest, <laughs> like just for Boolager to go in, just say this is my team, smash him, put him into retirement.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Now, that would be interesting considering... Um...
1: I feel like we might get... Not a not BSB dynamic. That was quite... That was a bit too much. But yeah. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, we were very excited at the start and I think at the end we were quite like, oh, God.
0: Please make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: Eventually. there were some people who wanted it to go on for ages, but... Um... Yeah,
0: people still do. People are still going to talk about that this year, but...
1: Yeah. yeah. Probably one of the mm. best rivalries I've ever seen. But anyway... Mm. um. No, I don't think it'll be as dramatic as BSB, but I think that the dynamic they'll have, there will definitely be tension inside that team. Um, you know, current champion versus young gun, who's been in the Aruba IT Ducati fold for two years already, so he knows who he's working with. Like, I, it might be a similar Sam Lowe's, um situation where the only thing he has to gel with is the bike, and he's done that so well already.
0: Yeah, yeah, all the signs at the minute are positive. It's all pointing towards a very good look yeah. season. He'll be, so...
1: he'll be winning races at least, like
0: 100% at the
1: very least. But I, I, I think that he can challenge Bautista.
0: That is so interesting. I suppose with that, it, it sort of makes sense. We've been saying for a couple of years now that the top three in World Superbikes, it's exciting racing week in, week out, but you know it's going to be. Alvaro Batista, Jonathan Wright and Top Razgatlioglu. Raz you know it's going to be one of those three people standing on the top step so I think for entertainment value I would love nothing more than someone like Boolega to come in and just throw a spanner in the works basically Um. now obviously Top Brack's moving to BMW and Jonathan's moving to Yamaha. So that's already put a little bit of a spin on things. You know, things are going to be different this year. But then I think adding a really competitive teammate to Batista is just going to add that extra spice that... It's not like World Superbikes needed it, but I think for the fans, it's going to be really exciting. And I love the idea of adding a new name into that mix of the the top riders. And it's, it's going to make it more interesting, but... Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that whilst the racing has been incredible, the championship got a bit flat. Yeah. I I, I still couldn't believe that Toprack was still in it with the final weekend. That was
0: madness. Although
1: I although I did think I said on the podcast a few times um that Top Rack was gonna come back and win it, but um One can yeah, dream. Uh <laughs> I, I think that was more hope than than anything, but mm. um yeah. Just a complete shake-up. I think that a lot of people were expecting maybe with Jonathan on a new bike and Toprak on a new bike, um, it might take a bit of time and then Bautista just storms everyone. But with a fast teammate, you know, um, Rinaldi was, yeah, he was fast, but he didn't quite stay on the same level.
0: Yeah, the consistency level wasn't the same.
1: Yeah, he was he was floating around mid-pack for quite a lot of the year as well, getting beaten by Bassani, who we all thought was going to take that seat. Um
0: I think should have got the seat, but uh... No,
1: I'm 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 of I'm of the other opinion. Oh um but I think that even if Top Brack and Johnny don't join the forefront straight away, I think that Bartis has already got a battle in his hands and he does not take the treble in Philip Ireland.
0: No, I I don't think so either. Again, we've very minimal information to go off with the testing so far, but Bulega, Toprak, and Johnny have all been faster than Batista so far. So that is something that's leading me to think that this year is going to be slightly different than the last two years. I think touching on Bulega himself, obviously he completely wiped the floor last year and won pretty much everything all around him. But I think if we go back a couple of years, thinking of the fact that this guy used to be a VR46 academy rider, he got kicked out of the academy. He got kicked out of, you know, sort of the world stage in the sense of he was in Moto3, he went to Moto2, it didn't work he sort of went to super bikes. He sort of got pushed to the side almost. And he's a name that sort of has only crept back up again in the last sort of two years. Is this the place for him to be? Is this where he's going to shine? Is he going to win multiple championships in world super bikes or is it going to sort of amount to nothing?
1: Yes. (laughs) He, 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 he he wins championships. I, I, I don't even think it's ridiculous to say he wins multiple.
0: Okay. I I surprisingly actually agree with you on this one because it's something of you hear a lot of riders, sort of it doesn't work for them in Moto3 or Moto2 and then they, they go to super bikes or they go to a category in super bikes and you're sort of going, oh, that's the last we're ever going to hear them. And no offence to Niccolo Bulega, but I sort of thought that's what had happened until last year where I sort of went, oh, my God, actually. And then, obviously, he got announced to, to take that seat at the Aruba team in the Superbike squad, and I'm sort of going, this kid means business again. And looking at him so far, maybe this is just the start of his career as such. He's had to go through all that to get to this point. To I go, yep, yeah. he's going to put his, his mark on it, put a stamp on it.
1: Yeah, I think the most amazing thing about motorcycle racing is there's almost categories for everyone, and I think that maybe people see MotoGP as the end goal, and but you can go through the system and come out and still have success. I think that Bulaga's been through the system a different way, and he's still you know he's still racing for the top team in the world championship so yeah i mean he's gonna he's gonna get so much success out of it realistically
0: if things didn't work for
1: him in grand prix then world superbike is still no mean feat to get to
0: exactly oh it just makes it all so exciting (laughs) if you thought i was excited for moto gp (laughs) i think once we get
1: through like all of it we're gonna be excited for all of it i think that's the one takeaway that everyone's had (laughs)
0: The more I talk about each different category, the more I'm like, "Wow, ah, I can't wait. So, yeah, this is good. Harvey did mention BSB a little minute ago, so I think it's best to jump there next. Obviously, we had such an exciting championship there last year in 2023 between Glenn Irwin and Tommy Bridewell on the um, Beer Monster Ducatis. We know that Tommy Bridewell is now moving to Honda, we're not sure where Glenn Irwin is going. I really hope by the time this episode is out, he has made his announcement. But we sort of know it's between two options at this point. He sort of made hints that he'd love to go to Moto America and race over there. The categories in Moto America just seem to be getting more and more exciting. There's more people heading over there to race. Um, the money seems quite good by the sounds of it. Um, So don't knock him for that. But... He's got three young kids at home. He's made it very clear that he actually would quite like to stay at home. He loves doing the school run during the week, um, and that he does have talks going on with the team. We can only assume that is Paul Bird Motorsports. Um, we don't know the ins and outs of what is going on behind the scenes with that team, but from what we're hearing, it's going to be a one bike team, which is B PBM and Glen Irwin. So. That sounds quite exciting, hopefully that's confirmed and announced by the time this is out, but yeah, I think that makes the championship even more exciting for next year, considering these guys aren't going to be teammates. There was a few people who were very close and were still in it right up until the last couple of races. races um, in BSB last year, with the way that the point system works later on in the season, the showdown rounds always confuse the life out of me because um, I actually don't know how the point scoring system works. <laughs> but if I had to pick a name of someone who I wanted to look out for this season, I would actually pick Kyle Rice. Just going to throw that one out there. Wow. I wish we had video just for Harvey's face in that exact moment there when I said his name. Huh. But... <laughs> look, don't act too surprised because... When you look at yes, Glenn and Tommy, a lot of the times the next person there was Kyle Ride. When you think about the last race at Donington Park, who was there? Kyle Ride. I think he is going to be one to watch this year. I think he just grew from strength to strength from the start of the season to the end of the season. And if you can carry on that momentum that he had at the end of 2023, you know, a few boys are moving about. He's staying where he is. That that makes him already
1: one to watch. Yeah, I suppose. Maybe I shouldn't have been so surprised. Um yeah. I, was gonna, I think my I think my reaction was
0: You thought I was gonna say Glenn Irwin.
1: Not even Glenn Irwin. I just I, to be honest, I just didn't know who you're gonna say. Mm. Um I think that BSB is probably the most interesting because your two front runners are without their team, we think. Yeah. Um you know Jason O'Halloran, who I would always back to be up there, has moved to FS3 Kawasaki. And no offense Jason, I just don't think it will work out as well.
0: I think uh, it's a good team, him and Max Cook, but it, it, I, sh- it, 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 I struggle to see them being consistently at the Yeah, that,
1: that McCam's Yamaha team was very, very good. Jason was very unlucky to not win a championship um, for a few years. I suppose Carl Ride may be, I suppose, a title contender under everyone's noses. I think that Tommy Bridewell, factory Honda, that will be good anyway. Yeah. I was about to say, I thought you gave me a weird look. I, was, I thought you were about to say something like contradictory.
0: I don't know if it's going to work.
1: I think, well, Glenn with factory Honda worked quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he was unlucky not to be nearer to the championship than he was. I don't know. I think, yeah. I feel like Carl Ride would go under everyone's noses and maybe snatch it. Yeah. He actually Let's could have this
0: that. year if if Glenn well, yeah. he had have got Caught more. up with each other yeah, one well, more time. That's all end, it would have taken. At
1: the end of the Donington weekend, they were you know, saying to Kyle Ryan and Leon Haslam, like, you still think you can win it? Yeah. And even, was it even the last race, Kyle still still could have won it?
0: Yeah. If with how, many, with how many points were on yeah. yeah.
1: So, still all that.
0: So, who's your top pick then?
1: I'm going for a bit more under the radar. Okay. Um, a former world champion in Danny Kent. Oh, you thought okay. I was gonna say? Um, I don't know who you thought I was gonna say.
0: Not Danny Kent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just think um he's moved to that Mar-Train Yamaha team who did so well with Jack Kennedy last year. Um, in his first year, Danny Kent's been in british soup bikes now for quite a few years again he's a former world champion he's got that mccams backing on the bike surely hopefully that'll bring a bit more money into the into the team i think it's a one bike team so yes. mm-hmm. all the focus will be in him i'm not saying championship winner but i'm saying definitely a few race wins on a Yamaha, which has proven actually to be, I think, the the best bike on British tracks.
0: I can't back that. <laughs>
1: can't back that. Really? <laughs> Backed
0: up. I don't know if that's true or not, but
1: <laughs> No, I, I I I think it has, you know, you've got you had Colride last year, mm. so close to the championship. You had um Tara McKenzie, Jason O'Halloran, who were true. at the forefront yeah. for quite a few years. Um even Brad you know Brad Ray and that OMG team as soon as they move to Yamaha, straight into title, uh, straight into title winners.
0: Where's Brad Ray this year? Same team. Okay.
1: Well, pause him out if you're asking right now, but
0: <laughs> where is he at this exact moment?
1: <laughs> I think he's out. I Don't know. I'll drop him a text.
0: <laughs> okay yeah Danny Kent's not where I thought you were going with that one, just to get back to your point. Um, I can see where you're coming from. I would agree that I don't think he is at the stage of championship winning, but we're not sure what the bag's gonna be like this year, so I can't I think, say uh, yeah, I think,
1: yeah, not championship winning, but I think if he can string things together this year, then who knows what could go on next year twenty twenty five maybe,
0: yeah, exactly. Um, I think honestly it's going to be pretty much the same people as last year I'd say Leon Haslam has to be up there I-, I would never ever count him out I think he's fantastic and again he was in it right until the very very end if Glenn or Tommy had made mistakes you never know what could have happened so I think he's a name that needs to be thrown out there obviously Tommy and Glenn I've gone with Kyle Ride you've gone with Danny Ken. I think out of those names, it'll be one of those guys. Pretty pretty guaranteed, I'd say, actually. Yeah,
1: I I think it should be running order as usual. My only concern is that there's been a lot of team changes. Yeah. If PBM and um, McCams have gone out the window, then it kind of opens it up. I think for OMG especially, but I wouldn't be too sure who the other teams are. Yeah. Because I don't think mm. teams like FHO will be there every weekend.
0: No, I think that they're going to have a few good, solid performances. They have,
1: they have a few good, solid performances. Like Josh Brooks obviously did very well at the start of the year and then around the middle just went completely missing.
0: Yeah. Um. Peter Hickman's I, more focused on roads, I'd say, than yeah. In the BSB. Uh, well, well, obviously he's still going to go out and try and win, but
1: he's I think making, his focus is elsewhere. Yeah, he's, he's making TT history. Yeah. Um, obviously won Macau won quite a few races so I think that yeah probably Rhodes is more his forte I suppose mm-hmm. for, for next year but I still think that I'm just going off in terms of like what bike works best it's a lot closer in BSB than I'd say in every other championship Um, I just don't think the BMW is the best bike for kind of everything for all the tracks.
0: No, no, I definitely agree with that one. My dad was even saying he hopes that top rack being on a BMW and World Superbike sort of slowly helps filter down good performances to BSB bikes and stuff like that. So no one it, can hope it, and dream.
1: Uh, BSB is too different for it.
0: Exactly. But... I mean,
1: Toprack was saying, I don't. Uh, was saying he wouldn't go to BSB. He, <laughs> he just said he said he loves attraction control. He can't give up the <laughs> the electronics.
0: <laughs> I would pay to see. I would pay big money to see Toprack uh, riding. Maybe, BSB.
1: But, maybe maybe a, a Cadwell wildcard. Wildcard,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Toprack, if you're listening, hit us up. Let's get that sorted.
1: <laughs> do a wildcard for Leon Haslam's team, and then. <laughs>
0: And then world domination, obviously. Um, Yeah. I think that's pretty good picks for BSB. One name that we haven't mentioned yet that I think I'm going to mention now. He is someone that you should look out for in BSB this year. It's Rory Skinner. It was recently announced that he is back in the British superbike paddock after his contract was terminated early with the American racing team in Moto2 heartbreaking for Rory Skinner we talked about it so much at the end of last year how annoyed we are with the fact that in his rookie year he was basically outed already for a guy who has been in Moto2 a lot longer than what Rory has and nothing against Marcos Ramirez who did end up getting the seat but life's not fair and you know we like to complain about things like that but Finally, it has been announced that Rory is back in BSB with the Taz um, team. So pretty good. Himself and Davey Todd make up the lineup. Rory's going to be in Super Bikes and Davey Todd's going to be in Super Stock. I think that's a really, really strong setup of bikes. Um, I think Davey, obviously, with his main focus on the roads, I'd imagine, this year. Rory wanting to put some good performances in. It's a name that I don't think will be right up at the front, but I'd say we can get some good performances out of Rory considering that year that he's had away and all the the knowledge that he's gonna have after being on the World Circuit for a year. Um yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he throws in some unexpected performances, but he's definitely a name that you're gonna wanna put on your radar if it's not already.
1: Yeah, I think Rory's such an unknown At the moment mostly again that year away new bike on the bmw the bmw is quite a funny bike as it is anyway um just going quickly to that davy thing i think it's a shame that he didn't get another year in super bikes it didn't work out for him at all this year um or last year even um but i think stock might be Stop might be a good platform to, for him to be on if he is focusing on that roads uh campaign. Otherwise, um, I think going back to Rory now,
0: you just had to throw I... David Todd in there, didn't you?
1: Yeah, man crush. Um, <laughs> I think yeah, it's just gonna be such an unknown. That's probably why I didn't mention it earlier. Um, mm. it can go one of two ways. I mean, everyone's campaign can go one of two ways, but. I think, especially with Rory, year off, unknown bike. There's so much to question, and Rory has got talent. Rory has got the ability to go and do well. It's just a matter of fact whether whether it just all works out for him. I think now, um, Tass have kind of had a few, not fallen off, but in the last few years, they've you know they've not become the. BMW factory-supported team in BSB, um, this and that and whatever. I just think that everything's quite up in the air. And I think that, for me, if Rory got himself settled into a strong team with a strong platform, then maybe I might be a bit more confident.
0: Yeah, I think as well you have to remember how late in the year that Rory was out of a seat in Moodle 2. To try and come in and to have managed to have found a seat where he has, I think it's very, very good. He's got himself back into the British paddock, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think if he works hard at it, he can get himself up to the front of this championship and the opportunities abroad, I think, will come back to him. Um, People know what he did in his first year in Moodle 2 and they know... That there is something there. You're right. He's talent in bloody bucketfuls, um, and I think it's a good thing to come back to the British circuits rather than to stay out in Europe and maybe get swallowed up a little bit in some of the European championships. I again, it could go one of two ways, but I'm quite glad that he's um made that move back to to British super because I think he will work well in that paddock and. Fingers crossed for him, he gets himself to the front and opportunities will obviously come with that.
1: I think for me, it's what Rory wants at this stage in his career because he's still young, still very young. Um, Whether he wants to wait around and see if something would fall for him in the World Championship or whether he wants to say to himself, right, World Championship wasn't for me, I'm just going to put everything into British Championship and stay there try and get you know try and grab a championship i think that it it really depends i don't know he was he's still so young that he could have waited around maybe for another world championship opportunity um and he could have you know there are reports saying that he would have gone to european moto 2 and 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 hopefully it worked out there but i think that if he wants to win on a big stage on a big bike this is the price of him
0: 100% and as far as I'm aware he's still working with uh, John Hopkins so obviously there's going to be opportunities aplenty with him by your side so um, they're a really good duo those two and they work very very well together um, I've had the chance of meeting both of them before and the banter that those two guys have between them is fabulous and yeah there's no one better than, than Hopper to have on your side so yeah Add Rory Skinner to your list of names for BSB in 2024, guys. But we are going to move on to the best rookie in 2024. Who do we think in any category ever <laughs> who is going to do well? I'm going to throw out two names here off the bat because i I've thought about this for a little while now um because we made these categories the other night and I've been thinking about it ever since. So obviously Niccolo Buleg is a rookie in World Superbikes this year. So and after everything that we've said about him already in this podcast, I think he has to be a name in the hat for best rookie in 2024. I'm going to throw another name in and that is um in- is Angel Picaras or I don't know if I'm saying that wrong. I'm- Anhel Um, Sorry for butchering his first name, but I think he's going to be fabulous. But I say this with every single Red Bull Rookies winner, every single year, that I think that they're going to be the next big thing. But I don't know. There's something different about this one. And I think he is going to turn heads this year. I'm really excited to see him. And... He's going to be on a leopard bike in Modu Three, which is a very, very good bike to be on, considering it won the championship in 2023. So, yeah, he's one that's really caught my eye in the last couple of years that I think you should um, look out for, and I think he has the chance of being the best rookie in Moodoo Three this year.
1: Yeah, I think that winning rookie so dominantly is no easy feat. I mean if you've ever seen a rookie's race it's mad crazy whatever I mean it's moto 3 on steroids basically um to win with four races to go is something that I don't think anyone has ever done before Don't think so So you've got to have incredible quality to separate yourself from a pack like that and shove yourself into the limelight, and I think that I don't know if we'll see a Pedro acosta a Pedro Costa esque, um, you know, first year winner. But I don't think
0: we're ever going to see that again, but
1: he might, he might come damn close.
0: Mm.
1: I was about to say when you were mentioning rookies, I can't believe you missed out probably the biggest, most obvious one, and that was, of course, Pedro Costa.
0: Oh my god.
1: I I can't believe you Lauren. Um I was about to say here that he's just an unbelievable talent and I do think that he may even <laughs> this could age so badly. Uh he could even battle Binder for the top KTM. Really? I I could have just maybe like so much faith in him, and it all goes to pot or um, it you just comes made the
0: best and, prediction of the year. Yeah or, yeah, or
1: yeah, or it comes off, and I look like an, look like an absolute champ. Um, I made, I, I, I kept on making jokes last year that it was going to be a Pedro Costa Mark Marquez um, world championship fight, um, and I'm still, I'm still loosely going to back that, but I think that. He is going to shine so much more than people expect.
0: Interesting. I cannot believe Pedro Acosta has fallen off my radar for rookies.
1: I about to say I can't believe you left him out. I like. <sighs> I was. I was going to go like. Um, oh yeah, Bulega. I know. I've already said him. Pedro Acosta, Can't believe you missed him out.
0: That's. <laughs> we should just end this podcast here, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I've got to go home after that oh my goodness yeah okay yeah I stand by a lot of things that you've said about Pedro Acosta for 2024 I just don't want to put pressure on him not that anything that I say is ever going to get back to him but you know I think as a whole we've put so much pressure on Pedro Acosta as soon as he stepped up into Moto3 and he won in the fashion that he did not in the first race sorry a second race in in the class you know just winning from pit lane no big deal um I think since then people have been putting this ungodly amount of pressure on him and he clearly hasn't let it get to him but like in his first year in Moto 2 he called that a bad year and he was rookie of the year
1: he won races fifth in the championship yeah
0: and he broke his femur in the process and he called that well obviously breaking his femur that's a bad year but you know all in all his stats compared to a lot of other rookies it's pretty bloody impressive and for him that's a bad year so that's scary to think of in the sense that that's what he holds as maybe a bad performance but Yeah, I'm interested to see where Gas Gas is at this year. I think having Augusto Fernandez, who's had a year on the bike, that's going to help. Coming in with the rookie now, they've got Red Bull backing this year, which is a massive sponsor to have. They've got the money to put into a satellite team. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be really, really interesting. I think he will throw in some surprise performances. Um, I'd love to see it like how Fabio Quattararo did in 2019, stepping up as a rookie and fighting against Marc Marquez. I would pay a lot of good money to see that happen, but it's been five years now since that has happened. I don't think any other rookie has managed to step up and be as dominant since. So if anyone's going to do it, it is going to be Pedro Acosta. But I'm erring on the side of caution by saying... That if it doesn't turn out that way, it's okay. Yes, I'd love to see it, but if he does, if it doesn't hit in his first year, let's not go. Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't need to be here. You know, he's. Oh, look at that! He's choked under the pressure and all that thing. Because I think in two, three years, that kid's gonna be unstoppable.
1: I can't believe you just said it's been five years since that.
0: I had to do the maths quickly in my head, but yeah.
1: Uh, five years. That
0: makes me sick.
1: Christ. I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking that it's just a couple of years ago. And Mark Marquez is, you know, still fluttering in and out of injury. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't disagree with anything you said. I think that uh, he's going to have a, a more experienced teammate, more just in MotoGP. Um, but Pedro Costa, you know. Motorcycle riders uh, they have their forte, don't they, on which type of bikes you know you'd say like um Lee Johnston or Keenan's a Foglu or a super sportman, um Peter Hickman's a superstock man. Pedro Costa is just a, an amazing motorcycle rider
0: i I think that's the difference. We spoke about it a little bit earlier too with boolegger in the sense that sometimes certain categories don't work for certain riders and they just need to find that category that works for them. There is the few that anything, yeah. anything can and, work their talent? Joe
1: Costa will absolutely ride the wheels exactly. A GP bike, yeah. And he, yeah. yeah, I'm not expecting him to win the world championship this year. I know I've put so much pressure on him, but that's one thing I don't expect. Um, but I think he'll make a good go of
0: it, yeah. It, it's becoming more and more apparent and again we said it since the first year that he was in this class that he is the next Mark Marquez. He's the next bloody Pedro Acosta. I think he's the next alien sort of rider. He Everything has sort of pointed towards him being very, very difficult to beat and he is so young. He's what, 19? He's going to be 20 this year. That's scary, scary stuff. He has the chance to make a lot of history in Moodle GP.
1: Oh, I'm 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 going to be twenty this year. Christ,
0: Are you the same age as Pedro Costa?
1: Yeah, we're both nineteen. Oh,
0: oh, that's oh, my, new information to me. I hate that.
1: Yeah, my my dreams over them. Any dream I've ever had of, <laughs> of of winning world championships. You, you ever
0: had that dream? But okay.
1: Uh, I think for like a solid five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it's it's over anyway.
0: Yeah. God. Yeah, that dream's dead and gone. Okay. Any other rookies you'd like to throw in there last minute?
1: Oh, um I know we've already mentioned Sam Lowe's so I won't do that again. Um but I just want to push his name forward. Okay. Um yeah. otherwise I think that we've mentioned sort of the big ones.
0: I don't think anyone in Moodle too is going to be a, of a big surprise this year.
1: Um, I want to say Diogo Moreira, um, um, or even Dennis Onchu.
0: Oh, yeah, whoa, I was thinking all the small guys, I was thinking Messia and Suzaki, and I'm sort of going, No, they're gonna need a year or two to make that work, but yeah, I completely Dennis forgot Anchu. about Dennis Anchu. Clearly, I need my memory. I mean, check.
1: he's, he's he, he clicked with the bike very quickly, apparently. So, I'd like to say that he might have a really, really good uh, rookie of the year then.
0: Yeah, big chance to be Rookie of the Year in, in mudo too. Actually, yeah, his name has to be put forward to that list then of being best rookie. Yeah. That could be very, very good actually. I think it's only a matter of time before we see him in Moto GP. I think he's next. but
1: um, KTM need a they need a third team with all this talent coming through. <laughs> Get a Husqvarna team or a CFMoto team, whichever brands are under the um, Pyra mobility group.
0: I think a lovely little Husqvarna, the Liquimoli Molly sort of, yeah. Yeah,
1: no, that's that's probably my favorite. Or, uh, I think Envy Augusta is under,
0: Ooh, yeah, could be good
1: under the um KTM group
0: umbrella, yeah. Okay, if you well, as you long go. as you as
1: long as you have like the classic livery though, I'm talking like, yeah, I'm silver, just thinking, yeah, yellow plates,
0: yeah. Well, the Moodle 3 and the Moodle 2. Husqvarna's are so nice I think. We should get one of yeah, those. Yeah,
1: well, to be fair there's been a lot of a change around with um with uh brands in yeah. well, just branding obviously with all out the door, CFMoto mm. has gone to Aspar which I'm very intrigued to see what that looks like.
0: Yeah, because their team kit is some of the nicest team kit. And well, we've the been world. we've been
1: we've been absolutely searching for those jumpers
0: for years.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just want a t shirt.
0: No, it's the sweatshirt. Like the jumper.
1: Yeah.
0: The crew neck like sweatshirt. I want that. And I would sell my soul to get one of those. They are so nice.
1: They're only like forty euros, but you I just need get, like I
0: can't get them. You need a you need media. like a,
1: t- a Spanish tax number or something like that. So yeah. I couldn't buy one.
0: Yep. Yeah, we've tried on multiple occasions to get our hands on the, one. The, the things we do. If anyone in the Aspart team wants to send <laughs> on our way.
1: <laughs> yeah, just old please. team kit from last year. Please, you
0: please. Don't, please. You, don't, you don't need it anymore. Exactly. Whereas I need it, so.
1: Size medium, please.
0: I can't take a medium too. I feel like a nice oversized one would look good.
1: Uh, fit me nicely, I think.
0: Anyway, anyway. Besides the point, yes, I think that's all the rookies that we should look out for this year. We've inevitably missed someone and i do apologize for whoever we've probably missed in that category but we're going to move on to harvey's favorite category king of the roads who do we think is going to stamp their name down as king of the roads this year
1: oh um
0: and it doesn't just have to be the guy who wins the senior team Like, yeah. anyone anyone who makes their mark on road um, racing next year.
1: Well, I'm trying to think now that, first of all, Dom Herbertson has moved to um, Burroughs Racing, which yeah. would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, A thoroughbred road racer on a thoroughbred road racing team will be amazing. Plus, also, before that, John Burroughs also entered his son into British Talent Cup with Burroughs Engineering, which I think will be very good as well. Yeah. Um, I think we'll maybe talk about that later. Um, but Dom Herbertson is one name that I think that people need to keep an eye out on. Um, other than that, we've got a few returning faces, obviously. Um, Lee Johnston and Ian Hutchinson missed last year's TT through um, injury or illness. So I think that maybe Lee Johnston will make a, a more solid return, but it, Hutchie is back on the on Honda, which, wow. <laughs> um, I think anyone who's ever watched Closer to the Edge on BBC
0: will know yeah it's
1: very exciting. if you
0: know you know <laughs>
1: if you know you know very and if good you don't know get to know exactly yeah. um oh uh, yeah i'd say probably dom herbertson be my number one to look out for i just think um where we've got a lot of lads who are you know road racers who also do a lot of track uh who do a lot of um ta- um tarmac yeah tracks. tarmac racing Yeah, yeah tarmac racing um,
0: same
1: thing yeah yeah short circuits there we go
0: yeah
1: um that's the term <laughs> um, eventually thank you um i just think that again dom herbertson is he 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 has got a road tart. and i think that he can go and i think that he might get a tt podium this year
0: mm, i'd love to
1: um, see um super twin if anything um, I think that Mike Brown did very well last year. He had a very good TT results-wise. I just don't... Um, he did the podcast with the official TT, um, which is probably one of the funniest ones I've ever listened to. Um, and Mike Brown came very <sighs> close to quitting because he just said, like, you know, I just didn't think I made as uh, a good enough step forward. And we actually don't know what he's doing this year. I think that maybe Mike Brown might be out of the sport.
0: You never know. A lot of racers sort of play about with that and then
1: keep uh, coming I, back. I think with Mike Brown, it's because motorcycle racing is just for him. It's like a cool thing to do on the weekends. It's not his life like everyone else's. Um, you know, he gives it a good go Um, and he's good at it but I think, you know, he said that if he didn't make a good enough step if he didn't see any rewards from it he'd just step away and he'd be happy with it so I think that's interesting to see if he actually has stepped away from it obviously he's not back with Burroughs' team but I can't think of many other places he would go hmm
0: Okay. Interesting. I liked a lot of those names that you sort of threw out there. I'm going to go with probably the most obvious name for King of the Roads, and that has to be Michael Dunlop. I just... He has to break his Uncle Joey's record this year. There's no way he goes to the TT and doesn't break that record. Um, I heard him speak at the Irish Motorbike Awards a couple of weeks ago, and... Him and the team, they're going to keep doing it for as long as they possibly can. It's not a case of he's going to beat his uncle's records and then he's going to walk away. He's going to keep going and keep going and keep going for as long as him and his team can keep going. So I think this is the year that he's going to make history. And I think that pretty much makes him the king of the roads because he quite literally will be. So... It's hard to look past him. I think, obviously, the likes of Peter Hickman, who we've mentioned before, is obviously going to have a good year in the roads. He always does. Um, I'd love to see Glenn Irwin at the Northwest 200. I think that would be great. He's won a lot of races there. Davey Todd had a good Northwest last year, or a good few races at the Northwest. So, again, he's a name I'd love to throw out there. You never know. John McGuinness. You, you just literally never know. But I think. Michael Dunlop is my sort of number one for the roads this year. I'm really, really excited yeah. to see him at the TT.
1: Well, I suppose he is a Dunlop. He 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 can't stop until he physically has to. Yeah. Um. You know, like I I talked about thoroughbred road Races. the the Dunlop family is the epitome of that. Mental. They're a crazy bunch. Them lot. Um. But yeah, I, I if you're talking about the king of the roads yeah Michael Dunlop
0: yeah
1: you sort of said
0: more people to watch which um, I agree with and I've sort of gone with the guy who's probably going to make the history this year yeah I mean
1: again he'll be he'll be at all of the meetings yeah um what have we got this year Cookstown Northwest TT and Armoy
0: Armoy yeah
1: yeah um it's a shame we've lost quite a few obviously with the the insurance problems going on at the moment We've that lost... could be a
0: podcast episode in itself. The steel oh, yeah. well, true Racing. We've, so
1: well, we've you know, we've lost like um Tangergee, Midantrim. Um, there's so many. Uh, I think Fermanagh had like one year in 2019 and that was it. I don't know. We've we
0: we've
1: we've lost quite a few events. It is heartbreaking. Um but yeah, I think you're definitely right on that King of the Rose bit and he will win TT number twenty-seven this year. I think he he'll win both super sport races, whether he wins bigger bike races. I want them
0: to win the senior race just for the, yeah. the I history mean, when, of it.
1: When he won the when he won the super bike, I like I just didn't think life could get any better. Um <laughs> You should have seen me. I think I was at my cousin's wedding. No, I was I... on the wedding. I was on the way back listening to it on the radio. With my dad. I don't
0: like watching it live, but I watched that senior race live because I was like, "Oh my god, if he does it in this race, it's going to be the best thing ever." And then I was like, "Oh, I can't, I can't watch."
1: Yeah, well, I was listening. I was listening to most of the TT on the radio, um, and yeah, I think this the senior TT. Hickey cleaned, uh, cleaned up. I mean,
0: deservedly so as well. He was oh, most, oh, such a rider on the day. Like well,
1: he's he's just incredible, isn't he? Like, yeah. Um, you can't really look past Hickman for, um, TT wins and the big bike TT wins mm. anyway. Um, Michael Dunlop, he can do it all, but I think Hickman on the thousand CC bikes will just clean up.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting battle, as such, between the two of them. Obviously, Michael lost out last year, so he's going to want to come back. It'll be more and...
1: impressive if if Michael Dunlop does it on big bikes, because yeah. he has got to go through some gnarly competition to get there. I'm not saying that um super sport is easy, but he's so much more of a of a master mm. when it comes to little bikes.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely, but. Oh, we're excited for the TT already. Only a couple more months till we get to talk a bit more about that one and obviously the Northwest too. So yeah, exciting few months of road racing coming up as well. But the next category that we're going to talk about, which Harvey did mention a minute ago, was Young Rider of the year. Now, this means more of the Red Bull rookies, the European Talent Cups, the British Talent Cups, young riders who haven't quite made that step up to, say, Moto3 yet. Young riders that maybe in 10 years' time were going to go, oh my God, do you remember in 2024 when they did this? So, you know, kids that are just starting out on a world championship journeys. Who, yeah. who are you going for, Harvey? There's so many names I want to throw out here, right? Um, I don't think I, I can pick one.
1: You 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 already know my first name, okay. and that is Casey O'Gorman.
0: Obviously, he's on my list. <laughs> yeah.
1: I just think, like, I'd almost say he had more of an impressive year last year than most, most young riders, because mm. he rode everywhere. I mean literally he got, everywhere he got sacked off from Vision Track um decided to do a club race win from um win from last on a Triumph um Daytona 765 um you know a considerably larger bike then went to British Junior Superstock on a Yam- Yamaha R6 qualified in second yes he crashed but he was still running really well, did a bit of British Supersport, did the classic Boulder on a old um, Yamaha 750, and then came back and did uh, a bit of Junior GP with um, the Australia Galifia team. If that's not a racing CV, then I don't know what is.
0: In one year as well, guys, just remember. I feel like
1: people, people might have even got bored with me talking about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's That's how rich it was.
0: Oh, yeah, it was a mad season for him. But, yeah, he has to be up there. I think Eddie O'Shea is another name I'd like yeah. to, to throw out there for staying with the British the British talent. Um, Evan Belford, who Evan won Belford, the British Simon Talent
1: Manzi. Cup. Yeah. I think Simon Mounsey was very unfortunate not to win last year.
0: No, but um, he has got a spot in the Red Bull Rookies for 2024, which is exciting.
1: Yeah. Um so may maybe we're more British biased. I
0: think we are. The other name that I wanted to throw out there who wasn't British, and ugh, I'm gonna butcher his name again, but he has been on the podcast before um on our Instagram channel. It's actually it was put up. Um he's a Greek writer and he's won the golden bib in the Red Bull rookie selection process, and it's Facillies Pant. Pantalecas,
1: Pantalecas.
0: Oh, I give you a thumbs up for that one. Ooh, I've looked at so many videos and he only ever says his first name. And I feel so bad that I have definitely butchered that one. But yeah, we spoke to him last year. He's 16 years old. He's such an exciting Greek talent, which you don't really hear of Greek racers. So I think the fact that he's managed to get himself in there into the Red Bull rookies, he's one that I'm going to be cheering on in 2024. Um, really really excited to watch and see where he goes not only for the fact that we've spoken to him before but he seems to be a pretty decent talent too so that's my sort of world pick as well as my british picks then
1: yeah i just think that i get really excited to see riders from countries that aren't quite big most cycle havens yeah um, obviously, Toprak is absolutely flying the flag for Turkey, which has, from what I've heard, n- basically no motorcycle infrastructure. Yeah. But you've still got quite a few Turkish riders on the world stage. So whatever's working over there is probably doing a decent job. Greek riders, though, you don't really hear of them. So um, what um, we've you know got a lot going on. Um, where people are complaining about we've got too many Spanish riders, too many Italian riders on the world stage. Um, And it's, you know, just talking about MotoGP here, but your Brad Binders, your Miguel Oliveira, who are kind of flying the flag, I suppose, for for countries you wouldn't think about first. Um, So I think it's quite, yeah, anyone that's from um, a country that's not as well-supported I think they've always got my backing.
0: Yeah, 100%. I was trying to find the um 2024 grid for the Red Bull rookies, but I can't find it anywhere yet. So hmm. don't know if we have a confirmed grid for that. But I think out of those names, I think that covers a lot of people who you shouldn't out <laughs> like for this year. So we'll leave it at that. But The last one, the last category, because I'm aware of how long we've been rambling on in this podcast. But the last category is who needs to prove themselves in 2024? Now, this could be good. This could be bad. Um, I'm going to chuck out the name first of Axel Bassani. I think this guy needs to prove himself. Sorry, Harvey, because I know you wanted to say him. But um, I think moving from Ducati, obviously, a lot of people thought, myself included, that he was going to get the seat alongside Alvaro Batista. Obviously, that didn't work out for him. So he has gone and taken Johnny Ray's seat at Kawasaki, lining up alongside Alex Lowe's. Testing hasn't showed us too much so far. I'm not too sure how this is going to go. Kawasaki hasn't been the best in the last couple of years. I think that's pretty clear to see. Axel Bassani seems to think he can make the difference on that bike. So I think this is going to be a, a very make it or break it year for him in the World Superbike paddock. And I want to see him make it work, but I'm a bit apprehensive coming into to this season and how he's going to do it.
1: Yeah, I think with Axel Bassani, it's
0: It was the right thing to do.
1: Yeah. He got snubbed he's... for
0: the seat. He's moved manufacturers. I think I... bang on the oh, money, it was the right I thing. I don't to think do. he
1: got I don't think he got snubbed. I think he I did, think, but I think that a lot of fans wanted to see it, but realistically, with the structure it was always going to be bulliger.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, you know. I uh, I think we we weren't looking at the at the larger picture. Um, we were just looking at the the superbike landscape. Um, he's in a factory setup now, which is, you know, it's what you want as a rider. You want to be in a factory setup. You want to be in a factory team. Um, I just like you said, Kawasaki just aren't the strongest at the moment, or they haven't been for a few years. Not since Johnny Ray's glory run.
0: Yeah, and that's been a couple of years since.
1: Yeah, 2020, last championship, was it? Yeah. Hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one because obviously at the start of this year, even midway through the year, we all thought Johnny Ray was staying with Kawasaki. So mm. for that to sort of go downhill so fast... We'll see. We'll see if Pisani can make it work. But
1: I yeah, know, I'm I, I, sure. I think yeah, I think maybe he needs a gel. The Kawasaki and the and the Ducati are very, very different bikes. The Ducati's the only um V four on the on the superbike stage. All the rest are in line fours. So that's completely new geometry that he has to um that he has to um set himself up for.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting. I think someone in the same kind of boat is Frankie Morbidelli. I know we yeah, did mention I, earlier, yeah. but I think with the sense that this guy's gone from a Yamaha, pretty much at the back of the grid, one of the worst bikes on the grid, to the best bike on the grid, I think it's only fair to say that there's going to be expectations on him this year. He was second in the championship in 2020. Should have won that year. Had the chance to. You know, we know this guy is. A championship winner and I think after the last couple of years he needs to prove himself to get onto a, a Ducati I think he needs to be top of the championship top end of the championship
1: yeah you're putting so much on him now um,
0: top end of the championship is what I, I mean think that
1: if you've got the opportunity um, to thrive on a on a motorcycle that works really well and for so many different types of riders then there should be no excuse um, that you don't do well. Um, That's what a lot of people were saying with Digia and then obviously they switched things up and he you know got his performing. Yeah, Yeah, got his win was at the top end of the championship Um, so there's absolutely no there's no way that he won't form in some way but I think that people are expecting from a rider like Frankie who has experience and um, not only that but is a former winner and a former championship runner up I think that a lot of people are hoping that he really thrives more this year in that way
0: yeah I'd agree with that statement
1: um Another name I kinda of, I kind of want to throw in, and maybe it's not so much winning, but I think Johan Zarko. Yes. I think that he's moving on to the Honda, which is much as not good of a bike. Um so it's gonna be quite. Difficult, I suppose, to show it's it's going to be quite difficult to perform at first. But if he can move the bike along, with you know the input that he's had in Ducati, which has been very very valuable, bring some Ducati secrets back to Honda.
0: Boom! It should be a match made in heaven. Yeah, I agree with you, Hanzo. He obviously moved to. LCR Honda because he wanted that job security for one, signing a two-year contract. Um and I guess to sort of be the number one rider in the team, he wants to go in and he wants to put the performances. It it reminds me sort of of Toprak's move to BMW. I think he's moved out of one of the better teams to a team that needs a bit of something in it
1: do you do you reckon that top rack's move is almost like rossi he's at the top and he's gone you know what i need to i need to take an opportunity and challenge myself
0: if it was the sense of like he'd been winning all around him and maybe hadn't been like... in the championship and, and top racks won the last three years i'd have gone it's because he's bored he wants a challenge, which maybe, I think is a massive part of it.
1: Not not Rossi from like Honda to Yamaha, but I'm talking like maybe Yamaha to Ducati. To a I bike think it's that's a sense of not as well proven. To a bike that's you know still needs work. And the opportunity to um rise a brand to the forefront. And be the riders to do it. Yeah. Because, um, at that point in time when rossi went to ducati they'd won one championship and that was their only like decent year
0: yeah they weren't what they are now i mean they'd
1: won. yeah they'd won like a couple races with troy Bayliss, loris caparossi and then casey stoner came in and just went you know what Ugh, this is this is quite easy this. yeah yeah
0: um for top rack it's a it's a difficult one it's a really difficult one and for anyone who moves from a better bike to a bike who's maybe not seen to be as good, I I do wonder why they've decided to do that. Um, with BMW, that setup seems really good. I think that suits him. He gets on with Michael Vandermark as well. Um, it was a good move then for Scott Redding and and um Garrett Gerloff to be teammates. Then that the four of them in the BMW setup that that just works in my head. It makes a lot of sense. And putting Toprak in that mix, I'm sort of like, oh, he seems to really fit in there. I think he can make that bike work. It's whether or not BMW can do enough to keep up with Toprak. I think Toprak is that talent that I was talking about with, say, the likes of Pedro Acosta. I think it doesn't matter where he is. He will make that bike good but that bike then has to be reliable and consistent, and they had issues in the last couple of years, so it'll be interesting, but if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be top rack. He'll be the best BMW by a mile.
1: Oh, 100%. I don't think he needs to prove himself within the team. I think he needs to prove himself actually on the stage. He had his championship winning year, and I'm not saying he's fallen off since then, because he hasn't, but Bautista's went back to Ducati and just went you know what this championship's fairly easy. Yeah. Um top back needs to prove prove himself that he is as good as what's in front of him because that's the only thing you can play against. Yeah,
0: I suppose for a lot of riders too money comes into it um for some people anyway. Um so yeah, I think that's a big thing and opportunities And when he made it clear that he wanted to stay in World Superbikes, it made sense that he wanted to switch teams. Um, He decided that MotoGP is not going to be for him. So how do you change things up? Go to a different manufacturer?
1: Yeah. I think think the MotoGP opportunity was his main factor of moving. He wanted it. I feel like him and
0: Johnny Ray had a little deal. I feel like the seat came up in BMW and Topperc went... But do you know what? I think I'm gonna go for that here, Johnny. I'm gonna leave, so you should come have some chats here with Yama.
1: I think it was I think it was almost like traitors-esque. Like you know, Johnny's just gone, oh go BMW, go on, and then just like snatch the seat.
0: Yeah. Well, could be. There. They're good friends, those two, so you never know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Imagine if they were imagine if imagine if it was Locker going and then you could have had Top Breck and Johnny Ray.
0: Oh one could have dreamed well they were teammates years ago so I can't really say much but that's when Top Bracket just first came into the into the mix and he wasn't who he is today so
1: yeah.
0: I don't know I like the friendly rivalry that they have going and I would hate for them to be teammates and for that yeah. to ruin it so um, yeah you never know but anyway back to back to the point at hand I think that's most people who need to prove themselves this year yeah there's I, uh, lots of people in the likes of Moto2 and Moto3 that I don't even want to get into right now. Yeah, I, I,
1: I think the main thing with, with Moto2 and Moto3 is the fact that these Moto2 rookies are coming up. And it's just such a massive step. Yeah, um, It's probably the biggest step you can make in championships, I'm thinking. You'll be yeah. off a which is, you know, you've got a single cylinder 250 and then you're going on to a a 7.65 triple. That is a huge jump in performance, speed, capacity. The Calex bikes are so much more different than, you know, they're so much more different than any bikes you can get on, which is also why I think that um, uh, MotoGP rookies haven't pushed themselves to the forefront as much anymore. Yeah. I mean Brad Binder, Brad Binder was riding a a, a KTM a KTM made Moto 2 bike um with the same aluminium well an aluminium frame and then gets on the Moto GP bike and wins his third race. Yeah. But now they're but now the Calyx bike's just so much more different than anything else, then it's Not messes up, but it's a true challenge.
0: Yes, I agree. I yeah, I fully agree. And there's just too many names to mention. If you're starting to think in that sort of sense, so, hmm, I think we should leave it there. Definitely. There we are. Then I think that is us for the first podcast back. I hope you didn't mind Harvey and I rambling and rambling and rambling about every single person (laughs) that we can think of. But if you've listened along this far and you have a name for any of the categories that we've gone through, you can actually leave them in a question box below on Spotify where you can sort of rate the episode sort of thing. Um, I'm just thinking of that because someone left us a very funny comment on one of our last podcast episodes. So (laughs) if you have a name that you think that we should be looking out for in 2024, go to the little question box underneath asking you what you thought of this episode and you can drop it there. If not, hit us up on Instagram, on Twitter, literally anywhere and let us know. Um, But yeah, I think that is everything. And thank you guys very much for listening to the first podcast episode of 2024. We are so close to going back racing again we are so excited and we cannot wait to get started but we've a few more episodes to go before we get back racing again so hopefully we'll have had some guests on that you get to listen to and yeah we're really really excited to be back we are the siding lap that's where you can find us by the way and uh yeah we'll see you guys next week with another episode
1: thank you very much